Good morning, all <coughs> brethren. Sibongulungulu uguti asizas guazu klanga nafuti namlange endlini yengos. We thank the Lord for this opportunity that we can once again meet together in God's house. Gakulu ugubasuzo klanga na ezwini lake ungulungulu. And especially that we can meet under God's word. How wonderful that we can come together like this and that we can sing with all our hearts before we hear God's word and we have the privilege that we can sing in different languages. As we have God's servant that brings us the Lord's word, and then we have the opportunity to sing. Because if we couldn't sing, we would just come to the service, just sit down and only listen. Shall we close our eyes and pray? Our Father, we bow down before you and we ask that your grace might be with us. Lord, we thank you for your grace that you've bestowed on us that we can come together at this time. And Lord, we pray, may you be among us as we meet together. Lord, that you would bless us through the singing and also through your word. Lord, may you point out your will in our lives. Lord, you know each and every one of us, and you can see everything that happens in each one's heart. Lord, may you break your bread, which is your word to us, Lord, that it would give what each soul needs. Your children have gone out to different places, Lord, there where your work needs to continue. And Lord, may your grace go with them and give them everything that they need. Your hand, Lord, which is able to keep man, may you keep them and protect them there where they are. And Lord, across the whole world, there where your gospel is preached in truth, may your Holy Spirit be among everyone. 
Yonki ndao, zonki ndao lapoe na nkulunkulubonu kuti Biyati ngukondi iswa kona uguza likonde gathizu ilako Likanye bantwini Usebe nzena lapo ukondi ise gamanda gamoingwe And Lord, there where your word is preached And where it needs to be made straight Where people need to understand your word May you work, Lord, in an amazing way we pray all of this in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Baninga basalwa nabapumi leba enda wene ithuga thugeneyo. Ugeo kubakonu msebenzi. Nasema kacheni ala wasizabandu. Many of the brethren have gone out to preach God's word and also to different branches of wasizabandu. Asisho njege futi basalwa nuguti Lenyanga, Uchanuari, Ngo March, Jengok Twailegile, Ingozabafundisizo Bakon. As we are now in January, in March, Lord willing, we will be having a minister's conference. Nani Laponi Konan Kulege ni Kumbule Ugunkulunkulu Enze Inzela Kselegasha Gonke Gumemege Gasha Bonke Labunkulunkula Batanda Udbafige Bagwazuk Pumele Labafig. And there where you are, may you be in prayer. And may the invitations, may the word go out that this can happen as unto God's will. And the minister's conference will be from the 6th to the 8th of March. And there where you are, where you know who they are, the preachers of the gospel, and you would like them to be invited, give us the addresses or give us the phone numbers that we can also pass on an invitation to them. Zoni memose kalilezi apumi mbele nguzile o mwenye njumfundi saisho tayo sestole nis memo Gushuti nawe loa ngagini mfundi isa ngapuzi gustola Ngobaba ibetande abafundi isi e, Ukisheshe baithele ama tayari abo itu balisayakona And I know that the invitations are already going out I spoke to another minister who said he's already received his invitation So for the preachers of the gospel it is good if we can invite them when there is still time that they can make a note and they can put it in their diaries. And so let us not tarry. Let the word go out. If you have an email address, you can share it with us and we can send them an invitation by email. Whether it even be a phone, a phone number, then we can also contact them. That we can spread the word. The sun is out in full force these days. Let us keep drinking water. And really that water with 
The name Kwele on is really good. So let us drink water. Astele ibrasbend ize istulele beseshielage kum ngweyengosi iskonzaliso. We ask the brass band to come and play for us and then we'll leave it over to God's servant to give us the word. Good morning. The brass band will play this morning. Uh, the brass band, as you see, they've got the school uniform on. Most of them, they are part of our school. school. school just started this last week. And the school but we are thankful that also some past pupils are also playing along with us. The brass band will play two songs. The first one is Count Your Blessings, Count Them One by One, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. The second song says, Through my Savior, who is with me in this fierce battle, who upholds me in his hand of grace, I am kept safe.
Brethren, we have been blessed. Cum nandi ugunbona lapa enconsweni ganyanat. It's so wonderful to see you here being with us in this service. These days we've been seeing new faces virtually every day. And we would like every visitor to know that it's a joy for us to have you here and it's truly our prayer that you'll be blessed while you are here with us. And we trust and pray that the Lord will be with us and speak to us through this service. Let us read some few words out of the Bible. And I would like to read from the book, the second book of Kings in the Old Testament and the sixth chapter. Second Kings chapter six from verse one. And the sons of the prophets said to Elisha, See now, the place where we dwell with you is too small for us. Please let us go to the Jordan and let every man take a beam from there and let us make there a place where we may dwell. So he answered, Go. Then one said, Please, please consent to go with your servants. And he answered, I will go. And he went with them, and when they came to the Jordan, they cut down trees. But as one was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water. And he cried out and said, Alas, Master, for it was borrowed. So the man of God said, Where did it fall? And he showed him the place. So he cut off a stick and threw it in there, and he made the iron float. (laughs) 
wathi lo muntu kaNkulunkulu iwe lephi na wamkhombisa indawo wayesenquma uthi waliphonsa khona insimbi yantana Therefore he said pick it up for yourself so he reached out his hand and took it Wayesethi ikhuphule welula isandla sakhe wayithatha We'll end reading there. Let's just pray again. Heavenly Father, we pray that once again this morning you will take these words and so to say that you will make the axe head float. The words of man is like a dead axe head that will sink and mean nothing for anybody. But won't you, through your Holy Spirit, breathe life into these simple words? And that, so to say, the axe head will float in our midst. We need this miracle from thee, O Lord. Please be merciful to us, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This verse, these verses that we've read here, these days have been a blessing to me in many, many ways. At one stage I had so many notes I didn't know what I should take and what I should leave. But let me just share a few thoughts with you. Firstly, we see that there was a school for prophets, kind of, to put it in simple terms. And they were under the teaching of Elisha. And there were so many of them that the place where they used to meet actually became too small. The thought came to me, I don't know whether the, the removal or the leaving of Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, played a role in this. Because during the time of Gehazi, we don't read of any such institution, any such schools or seminary uh, or, or place of teaching for the young prophets. 
Goba ngesikhathi sikagehazi asithola ukuthi bikhona but we know that Gehazi, his heart was fixed on earthly gain, on money, on clothing, on special things. And when God removed him there, it appears as if suddenly now there's a lot of young prophets that wanted to come to Elisha and hear more about how to follow the Lord. Friends, you'll be surprised how the presence of one person who's selfish and carnal and who wants his own material gain can stem the working of God. Just like with Achan in the story in the time of Joshua. The presence of Achan played a role in making Israel lose a battle. We'll be surprised to know to what extent the, the, the presence of one person who sits amongst the children of God, who belongs part of them, as part of them, and who is selfish and carnal, can stem the working of the Holy Spirit in our midst. So I don't know whether I'm reading too much into the situation, but this thought came to me that could that have played some role? Anyway, the sons of the prophets came to Elisha and said, The place where we dwell with you is too small. Now the the Hebrew word to explain this place where they dwelled is a word that is related to the Hebrew word for the tabernacle. And it's even related to the word that explains the glory of God that rested upon the tabernacle. So this place 
where they dwelled with, with Elisha was not a secular school. It was a place where the glory of God rested in their midst. That is what the fellowship was like, which the sons of the prophets had with Elisha. And this is what the church and the body of Christ is supposed to be. It is supposed to be a place where the glory of God is upon the people. And they experience fellowship with one another and fellowship with the Holy Spirit of God. And I was just thinking, as we've had just experienced 70 years of the ministry of Reverend Stegan, how we lacked a place for everybody to accommodate everybody that came to the celebration. And how every aspect of the celebrations actually contains something about the glory of God and how God, through revival, was present amongst his children. The church is not supposed to be a social gathering. It's not a place where we come to, so to say, feel comfortable. Sit around tables, drink coffee, and drink some tea. To attract people to feel comfortable in the church. The church is supposed to be a place of the presence of God through His Holy Spirit. And this is what they had. And they had the same problem that we experienced. The place became too small for them. So they go went to Elisha. And they said to Elisha, could we go and get logs or uh, yeah, logs from the wood so that we can increase the size of the place where we meet. And 
umshawo ube munye ukuze sinezele sikhulise lendawo esihlangana kuyo bazalwane ngenxa isikati ngizothinta lapha nelapha kashiye ipoint ne point ngiveze bese kishiya ke yaqhubeka brethren because of time i'll just rush through the points i won't go so deep in them what blessed me was that one of the sons of the prophets said to Elisha, would you go along with us? Elisha, his name is actually another version of the name Yeshua, which is the name of Christ. So Elisha was, as we say, a type of Christ. Through the history of the Bible, time and again, there were many people of whom we say they were types of Christ. Noah was a type of Christ in that he saved the world. Or God saved the world through him. Joseph was a type of Christ. And actually every Christian that is a true Christian that gets saved from his sins becomes a type of Christ. And we thank the Lord that we have amongst us a man that is also a type of Christ. So this one son of the prophet said, could we go? And Elisha said, yes, go. And then one of them, I don't know why, just went and he said, wouldn't you mind to come with us? He wanted the man of God with them in an ordinary non-special, everyday mill of the, day, the, 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 the life, uh, mill of the week, day, to come with him. And now to me, there's not just, a, there's not a formality in this. And once again, I don't know whether I'm reading too much into this text. But to me, there is a fondness, a mutual love between this young prophet, son of the prophet, and Elisha. It was not a formal arrangement between them. No, it's like speaking to a father that he said, wouldn't you go with us? 
kodwa ube ngathi ukhuluma nobaba wakho umuntu oseduze naye uthi siyacela uvumo uhambe nathi I wonder whether we remember every day as we go through the day with ordinary run of the mill days to ask the Lord Jesus to go with us Angazi noma siyakhumbula yini ukuthi usuku nosuku lapho sikhubeka nomsebenzi wosuku simcela ujesu kuba ahambe nathi As they needed Elisha to just come with them. They also needed him when a, an impossible situation presented itself. Friends, we need Christ always. Do we live in communion with Christ every minute of the day and share every experience with him and ask him to be with us in that experience ingabesikanye nokhristo yini njalo sibe nenhlanganyelo naye umzuzu nomzuzu wosuku nakuzona zonke izinto esihlangabezana nabo ukuba simeme And may the fact that we pray before we go into a car and drive not become a dead ritual or a dead routine in our midst. Last week we were driving from Belito here to the mission. And next to the road there was a little girl of I would guess about 6 7 years old. And it was after rain so there was water running uh, down the side of the road. So she stood on the tar road and jumped over the stream of water and ran a few steps up on the on the side of the road and when we were about 10 meters away from her she turned around and she jumped across the stream back onto the tar road Now, remember she had jumped across the stream and then ran a few steps up. Now she jumped back and if she would have run in front of that car we would have gone over her and there is just no way in which i would have been able to prevent it even though i was driving very very slow uma bekade phindelile wagxuma sase simthinda ngemoto yethu besofika sigibele phezu kwakhe futhi bingekho indlela ukuthi njengodriver bengingakwazi ukumvika nakuba bengihamba kancane and my heart stood still for a few seconds ngamelwe enhliziyo I braked. But even braking would not have been able to stop the car if she ran a few steps into the road. 
And when we arrived here, I just prayed and said, Lord, you did a miracle for us. Thank you for being with us in that car as we drove. Friends, in everything we do, we think and we speak, we must make sure that Christ is going along with us. And there's something that will protect us and a fellowship that we will experience with the Lord. So then they said to to Elisha, please go with us. Then we read in verse 4, So he went with them, and when they came to the Jordan, they cut down trees. But, sorry, the verse before that, verse 2, it says, Please let us go to the Jordan and let every man take a beam. Let every man take a beam to build a place where the glory of God will be in their midst. The glory that rested upon the tabernacle. Everyone had to go and get a beam. We don't read that some had excuses and said, well, you know, I'm not like this and I'm too much like this and I'm too weak and too this and too that. I can't carry a beam. Do you know that in God's work we need everyone to carry a beam? Nobody is too insignificant for God to use him in his kingdom. And the beams may not be the same. Some may be able to carry thick, big logs. Some who are weaker, weaker may carry just a very small beam relative. But for that person, and in, and in his conditions... It is a beam that he's carrying. And you know what blesses me? This one man, this one son of the prophet, was so keen to be part of that work of God that he went and he borrowed an axe. He didn't have an axe, so he had to go and borrow an axe. An axe. And he went and he 
I don't know whether you know that language, dear friend. Where you feel, actually, I don't have an ex, but I want to be part of God's work. I see everybody else putting heart and soul and all their strength into the Lord's work. And oh God, I want to be part of that work. Not part of the blessings necessarily. I just long to, I desire to be part of the work. But I don't have an ex, but I still want to be part, Lord. I don't have the talents that others have. I'm not a good speaker. I don't have talents in other areas. I feel poor. But, oh God, allow me to be part of your work. I remember back in my life when I was in my first year practical working in a hospital. And one morning I worked through the night. And the next day you would be off till 11 o'clock. And 10 o'clock that morning, I listened to a message of Bob Mfundis. And I said, Lord, your work is carrying on there. Bob Mfundis is going around preaching. The choir is going along with him. I don't know what they're busy doing today. It's 10 o'clock in the morning. And yes, I know I'm busy with what I'm supposed to be busy with. But Lord, is that miracle possible that I can be part of that revival where you are working like that? That is the spirit that I read into the action of this son of the prophet. He didn't have an ex, but he went and he borrowed an ex from somewhere to just be part of the work. Do you realize that what we have anyway is borrowed from God? It's not our own. Your life is not your own. God has borrowed for to you a body for 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years on this earth, but God will demand from you back what you've done with that body. 
Unkulunkulu kubolegi lelom zimba. Angakubolegi mnyake nga mashuma matatu, mashuma mani, mashuma iskombisa. Kotu unkulunkulu sayo kubiza. Nga loko kwenza ayo ngalom zimba. He's borrowed you a body that should serve as the temple of his Holy Spirit. And a time is going to come when he's going to return and say, What have you done with the body that I've borrowed you? Is your body, is your heart a temple for the Holy Spirit now, today, now? Is it holy? Can the angels, so to say, fly over your heart and shout, Holy, holy, holy is the God Almighty because He stays in your heart. Or have you started using your body for your own gain? You use the strength you have to get qualifications that you want to use for yourself. And when this man chopped with his borrowed axe, the head of the axe flew off and plunged into the, into the water. He was left with a handle and no head on the handle to chop the wood with. What is the use of having an axe handle without the head? Friends, do you realize how quickly, how easily that can happen? And I don't think we always realize how easily this can happen. He tried to chop wood and the next moment there was no head left. And what blesses me is the reaction of this young man. He didn't look around and say, well, did anybody see this happening? He didn't sit and think, hang on, maybe I could, when we sit down to rest, I could slip my uh, ex-handle next to the axe of another one and take his axe. There are people with that attitude. The moment the axe head slips off, they start looking around, 
who has seen me uma kwenza ukuthi insimbi yakhe inqamuka It's not important what God says about this. No, they're looking around who has seen me. Friends, and then you, you go and make plans to hide the fact that you'd have an axe without a handle. How many years have you not stayed on the mission and you are actually an absolute hoax? You're just concerned about what people think of you? You just want people to respect you. You just want people to think a lot of you. And you are walking around and you don't realize I'm walking with an axe handle without a head. And you think, no, but I'm part of the sons of the prophets. I don't think there's a bigger deception and a bigger hoax than that. And yet you you get people living like that here on the mission, year after year. Do you realize how easily the axe head can slip off? Something, you say something and it comes out in a different way from which you wanted it to come out. It come out in the wrong way. It comes out in a way that hurts the person. And you say, ah, you know, I didn't mean it like that. Friend, you've lost the head of your ex with those words that you've spoken. No, I'm not exaggerating. With that, those few words, you didn't just harm your ex, you've lost the head of your ex. And you carry on every day with the work here. And you've justified yourself because you say, I didn't mean it like that. And everybody around you don't realize it. But God sits in heaven and he says, your axe head is off. You are actually, as far as I am concerned, you are worthless in my kingdom. 
maybe you mention something confidential about another person which you know that person wouldn't like to be mentioned to everybody, but you slip it out as a secret where you were supposed to keep your mouth shut and keep it for yourself. And it is something that one can summarize or identify as becoming, having become gossip. Friend, you've lost the head of your ex. You've shared something confidential about another person which is not supposed to be shared. You've shared it with somebody. And you think, oh, I didn't mean it like that, you know. I, I didn't want to sit and gossip. It just came out. I'll just, it's nothing. I've just got a chip on the handle of the X. No, it's not a chip on the handle of the X. You've lost the head of your X. You walk around with a dark eye. The Lord Jesus said, The eye is the light of the soul. And if your eye is dark, how dark is your soul not? The Lord said, yes, you should not commit adultery. But then the Lord Jesus came and he said, you should anyone who looks at a woman with lust has committed adultery. Matthew 5, verse 28. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Matthew 5, verse 28. Many people think in the Old Testament it was said you should not commit adultery. In the New Testament, the Lord Jesus says if you do it in your heart, it's the same as doing it in your body. But actually, the Lord Jesus just repeated what was already said in the Old Testament. Because in the Ten Commandments, we read, You shall not covet your neighbor's wife. 
Covered. Want that thing. Or his servant. His male servant or his female servant. Or his ox or his donkey. Or anything that is of your neighbors. If you covered your neighbor's wife, or as a woman, you covered your neighbor's husband, you are committing adultery. That is what the Old Testament already said, and the Lord Jesus emphasized it. Think carefully, friends, whether you haven't lost the axe head. Think very carefully that you haven't lost your axe head. And maybe thought, you know, what would it be like if my husband would die and I could get married to so-and-so. What would it be like if my wife would die and I would be able to marry so-and-so? Or as a man, you think, you know, me and that girl... We fit so well together. Where she's strong, I am weak. Where I'm weak, where I'm strong, she's weak. You are coveting another woman or another man's wife or another man's husband. Don't say that I'm exaggerating, friends, if I say you've lost the head of your ex. You are walking here on the mission around as a hoax. Or you look at a couple and you think, you know, uh, her husband is so clumsy with the children. He's so hard on the children. If only I could be her husband, I would know how to handle her children. I would be such a blessing to that family. Or you think, you know, that woman, she is just, she doesn't know how to handle her children. If I could marry that man, if God would make it possible, maybe she gets cancer or something, and we could marry, I would show that man how a, a, a real wife and mother should be. Or 
you are you've lost the head of your ex because you have coveted don't make of it as being nothing especially if you take those thoughts and you let them run step one step two step three step four this will happen. We'll do this and that and that and that. Maybe you act in a carnal way and you use your temper with somebody. And I comfort myself. I say, well, after all, he, he needed to hear the truth. And let me just tell him the truth once that he hears it. Yes, you're telling him the truth, but you're doing it in a carnal way and not in a spiritual way. You're doing it in a way that break down and not in a way that build up. And you've lost the head of your ex. This man realized immediately what has happened. Oh, how he blesses me, Bazalwane. Brethren, I cannot explain how much this young man blesses me. He did not look left and right and said, well, is anyone looking at me? Immediately, he realized the seriousness of what has happened. What? And he shouted out and said, Alas, my father. Friends, do you realize the seriousness of the sin you are sitting on? These days I've read Nehemiah 9 and 10. And I saw how serious God took sin. When they came back from Babylon to rebuild Jerusalem, the Bible says that Nehemiah discovered that many of the Jews had married Babylonian and heathen wives. And many of us would say, mm, well, it's happened. What can you do about it? What did Nehemiah do? We read that he rent his clothes. That's how serious the sin was. He called them together. 
He grabbed some of the people by their hair and dragged them. Oh no, come on Nehemiah, now you're really being carnal. But Nehemiah was in the spirit because he realized the seriousness of the sin. They were not supposed to marry the heathen women who are worshipping idols and who were worshipping idols and bring those idols into their families. And he went even further and he said, get rid of those wives that you've got. Friends, this is when you realize that you've lost your ex-head, how serious you will take your sins. But he tried to hide it. This young man, this prophet. No, he cried out. He cried out loud in front of everybody. Alas, master. And it was borrowed. This is how you react if you're open before God and you're not a Pharisee. And you are open with your sins. He said he spilled the beans. He told the whole story. He even said that it was a borrowed ex. But he cried out immediately. When I've, what often if I've sinned, even before I can get to a counselor, I cry out to God and say, Alas, O oh God, I've grieved you by doing what I've done. Yes, I'm going to counsel about it. I'm not trying to live before people. I'm not trying to please and impress my counselor. But in the first place, I've sinned against you, and I cry out to you, Lord, I've sinned. Even if it's just a slip of the tongue and you just stumble, it's not, it was an accident. Because this was like an accident. Now let me just divert a little bit about the whole thing. This man came with good intentions. He was honest before God. He was honestly desiring to be part of God's work. And the axe head flew off. Sometimes if we are in God's work, 
There is no sin involved. Nobody's done anything wrong. God sees my heart. I only want to serve him. But God allows the axe head to fly off and it appears to you as if your service to the Lord is of no avail. Nothing could save God's work anymore. Lord, you knew I came with an innocent heart. Lord, you know I want to serve you. But I've landed up in a situation. Your work is being harmed. There's a danger that your work will be totally destroyed. In such situations, don't forget that you serve an omnipotent God who could make a piece of iron float on the water. Never lose your faith in the omnipotence of God if you walk blamelessly before God and honestly before God. And this will not just happen sometimes. Sometimes in God's work it feels as if it's happening all the time. God is allowing that to happen because he wants you to be in a, in a state of total dependence on him. Where you realize I as a human being can do nothing to save God's work. The devil is out to destroy God's work and there's nothing I can do about it. The exit has fallen off. How can I ever repair that? Don't allow the devil to conquer you with unbelief. God is capable to save his work. So to come back to this young man, firstly, he immediately went to Elijah and he said, Alas, my father, it was borrowed. And Elisha said to him, Go and show me where it has happened. Friend, if you confess your sins, don't just say, Oh, I've been jealous. Oh, I've had lust in my heart. Oh, I've locked, looked at pornography. No, Elijah said to the man, go and show me exactly what it has, where it has happened. 
How do you counsel? In your counseling, do you say exactly where it has happened and how it has happened? That's the first step to be saved of your sins. Call a spade a spade. Admit where you've sinned. Don't just say I've watched pornography. Go and say exactly what you have been looking at. What have you seen? What are the images you looked at? So the man of God said, where did it fall? That was the first step. But that would not make the axe head float yet. Being honest doesn't make the axe head float. Something else had to be done to make the axe head float. A piece of wood had to be thrown into the water. And that is the way we get saved from our sins. A piece of wood, a man, a man hanging on a piece of wood was the one that paid the price for us to get that exit back in our lives. Time's running out, but let me read this story to you just in closing. And the title of the story is the long silence. It says at the end of time, billions of people were gathered before God's throne. And most of them shrank back from the bright light in front of them. But some spoke very loud and heatedly and worked up. And they said, can God judge us? How can he know about suffering? One Jewish girl who came out of a Nazi concentration camp. Said uh, he hasn't endured terror, beatings, torture, and death. And then a, a, a black slave boy spoke up. He pulled, pulled down his, his shirt. 
and there were the marks of a rope around his neck that had burned through the skin from all the rubbing. As he was caught as a slave and then finally just killed. Another one was a schoolgirl. And she said, Why should I suffer? I, it was not my fault. It is my uncle who molested me. Each one of them had his own complaint against God. They said, How lucky is God not to be in heaven? It's just sweetness in heaven. There's only light in heaven. There's no weeping in heaven. There's no fear in heaven. No hunger. No weight, no hatred. What would God know about the suffering that we are suffering in this world? So each one of these groups sent their leader to God. Jewish girl, slave girl boy, somebody who was in the Hiroshima bomb explosion and lost his limbs. Somebody suffering from arthritis who could not move without pain. And they got together before God and they decided they are going to take a decision to God. If God wants to have the courage to judge them, First, they said, God must be sentenced. Then he must live on earth as a man just like you and me. And the Jewish girl said he must be born a Jew that he can suffer what we suffered as Jews. And even his birth must be shameful. It must be something to be embarrassed about. And then God, you must give him a duty, a job to fulfill. A job that would be so difficult that it will make him go crazy if he just think of how impossible it is. Then, Lord, let him be betrayed by his old friend, his closest friends. And let him face false charges. And then let him be judged by a judy a jury or a judge that is not impartial or just, but what that's biased and, and brought over. 
And let him be found guilty by a judge that is too much of a coward to stand for the truth. Let him be tortured. Let him at least see what it feels like to be terribly, terribly alone and nobody else with you. Then let him die so that there can be no doubt that he's dead. Let there be a whole big witnesses, group of witnesses to testify that he's dead. And they stood like that. And there were loud murmurs in this group, you know, amongst each other. And when they claimed, made their last claim, suddenly there was a big silence. No one uttered a word. No one moved anymore. They all stood dead quiet. For suddenly, they realized, they all knew that God had already served the sentence. Friends, this is the price that was paid for you and me to have our axe head float again. A man had to be hung on a piece of wood and in, instead, in his place, our sins that were as heavy And I don't know as you sit here this morning how heavy your sins may appear to you. Maybe these weeks that you've stayed on the mission, your sins have appeared so heavy to you that you can't bear them. It's like an axe head that's fallen. There's just no hope for you to get free from your sins. But if you follow the example of this young son of the prophets, you will experience the miracle of God in your life. After he had pointed out to Elisha where the axe head fell, we read these amazing words in verse 7. Therefore, he said, that's Elisha said, pick it up for yourself. I said, 
So he reached out his hand and took it. Friends, the price has been paid for your sins. The axe head is floating. But God says, pick it up for yourself. You need to take the step by faith to go and pick it up for yourself. After you've done this, after you've confessed it, accept God's forgiveness for that. And then we read the most beautiful words to me of the whole piece. So he reached out his hand and took it. That's all that's necessary this morning. If you have not done this yet, maybe you've done it, then praise God for that. But if you haven't done it, the Lord says, Go and pick it up for yourself. Don't worry. I've paid the impossible price for your exit to float. Doesn't matter whether it seems impossible if you look at your sins. If you may think, well, others, yes, but not my sins, Lord. God has paid the price to make that float. You need to go and pick it out up for yourself. And we read these beautiful words. And he reached out and he took it. May there not be anyone sitting here this morning where Christ has paid the price to make the, make the axe head float who doesn't take the step to reach out and fetch it for yourself. To make it yours. That you can be part of the young prophets, sons of the prophets, that are building together in the temple of God. Don't let the devil tell you, no, I can't be one of them. No, not me. Others, yes, but not me. That's the devil speaking. God says, go and pick it up for yourself, and you can become part of God's kingdom. In closing,
Thank you very much for the word and the service that we have heard. Two or three points I can mention. Do that which God has spoken to you. God has spoken to us. Do that which God has spoken to you about. The service that we have heard has reminded me of the, the revival we had. You couldn't just say, I am troubled by stealing, lust, I get angry. You would say, the lies they started here, this is how it went. My stubbornness, this is where it started. My lust, this is where it has started. And that is where we felt and understood how we were set free of our sins. When you see this prophet that asked, may you come with us? And he, um, he answered and said, yes. I don't know if you or I, if we were a prophet and are asked, let, can we go along to the forest? He was a prophet that was able to humble himself. Yes, you will say, no problem, I can go along. We will preach there and there. But this one was asked, come with us as we go to the forest to chop down those logs. Sorry, as I am a preacher, as I am a wife, as I am a parent, that I humble myself so much to go and work in the forest? Why talk? He humbled himself. Do you understand that service of being humble, what it is like? And he truly went. And the one cried out, Oh, alas, see the axe, it had been borrowed. And the prophet said, Where has it fallen in? You show me. And he showed him. And may you come to the Lord and say, I look at pictures that are like this and like that. I get angry when it is like this and like that. You will see that axe head was full float. 
You know, if you hit a snake on the head, it dies. However much it still moves after the time, but because you've hit the head, it will end up dying. You and I, let us point out that sin that Jesus can hit it on the head and it will die. What kind of sin is this that keeps coming up in your life and doesn't want to die? What are these sins that keep coming back in your life? You keep going back to them and that you bring it now to the light, bring it in such a way that it can float and that it can die. Our doctor, servant of God, I was blessed hearing this word. I asked myself, am I only experiencing it myself? And I was reminded when Peter would preach and the Holy Spirit would come down on the people. And I asked, as we are being preached at, is that fire burning in our heart that, that, that God's Spirit can work when God enters in, when the Holy Spirit enters into your heart, that it is your heart is on fire and those sins are burnt and God helps you to conquer them. Now you have seen the secret today. Why it is that you and I do not conquer sin. The prophet said, show me. Show me where has this head of the axe fallen in. Yeah, he just had the handle. And he said, you show me, where is the head of the axe? And he's troubled because it had been borrowed. This body, this soul, is not ours. It has been borrowed to us. And if you are proud and you make yourself look all good and you are haughty, you realize and understand this is not your body. It's been given to you by God. Now you show, you say that you are troubled by this and that. And after this and that has happened, then I end up doing this and that. Bring it all to the light. 
Girl, mother, boy, father, come to the Lord and show the Lord this is what troubles me in my life. Yes, the Lord has shown you that you have sinned by speaking like this. Now, you personally, you go and do it. Doesn't just help just making right and then you leave it there. You go and you apologize. Apologize truthfully, so that this axe head can float. We will be able to carry this cross every day. We will not be able to carry this cross standing up straight. We will need to bow and hold it and carry it every day. The question I have for you, brethren, children of God, are we dead to sin? Where have you lost the Lord? Where have you lost the will of the Father? Be it with your eyes, with your mind, with your heart. Where is it? The prophet said, you show me, where has this head of the axe fallen? Jesus needs us, we ourselves, to speak for ourselves. Jesus saw that the blind man could not see. He asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus did not just want to lay his hands on him, but asked him, what can I do for you? As we are here, Jesus knows what our need is. But... He is waiting for us to call out to him and say, Lord, this is where it has gone wrong. I said, can I help you? I like it when the English say, can I help you? But they're not sure yet where they will help you. And they're expecting you to answer and say, this and this is where I need help. The Lord has spoken to us, but now it is up to us to come to the Lord and say, Lord, this and there is where I still fail. Now, is it difficult for you to say that I am troubled by pornography? But now I say, now you come and you say, what are those pictures you look at? And 
Is it, if it is already difficult to say, do you look at pornography? But now the next question is, you come and explain those pictures that you are looking at. And that is why people are troubled so. Because they do not say, this is where the axe head has fallen. Why do I get angry? Why do I have grudges? Why can I not forgive? The thing is, this is where it has started. That is how the revival came. God showed us that we need to explain where does the sin come from. If you are unable to overcome sin, you are not explaining to God where it has come from. You come to your parent, you say, I'm a thief, I steal. And you say, you know, this and that was taken by me. But explain, I am a thief. I have taken this. And on that day, I needed something for this and that. And that's why I took this. This is revival. We are being revived in our soul through this service. God is at work reviving us in our hearts. How we need to live for him. And brethren, we are still going there to to those that are stubborn. Where we will still stand before God's throne accounting for our works. Where each and every one will explain as they were here on earth, how they acted. If you confess your sin, you need to confess the root of the sin. It is of no use when you have this great big tree and all you do is just cut off the branches and say, I've cut this tree down. You have not dug up the roots. And you need to dig up those roots that this tree can utterly die. And that is why young people, fathers and mothers, how long will we live in sin? And the reason is we are not even getting to the root of the sin. You can see someone that this one 
has parted from sin. I can see this person lives for God. You can see this young girl, this young boy, these parents, there's something that they've received. The way that they act, the way they do things and how they speak, you realize something they have gained. The time came where they pointed out and said, here, this is where the axe head had fallen in. Where we took that branch that was cut off, that piece of wood thrown in, and then the axe head was a floating. Is it possible that iron can float in water? As you are listening, Steel, iron on its own, is it able to float? By the power of God that was in this prophet, the word was spoken and it floated and was being able to be picked up. It calls for you yourself to take a step. You yourself, if God has spoken to you, you take the step. We had to go into all different homes. Some even go to different towns to make restitution with people. You cannot go to rest, you cannot sleep if there's something in your heart and you know that I need to still make this right. What is it like with you if you do not have this where the Lord doesn't give you peace and re- you realize that this which I've said to this person is not right. I stand, I Shall we pray? Our God, you love us. Lord, as we are still alive, that we can hear a service like this. Lord, that revives us in our spirit. Teaching us how we should walk. Lord, so that this axe head can float. And that it can be returned to its owner because it was borrowed. And this body and this soul has also been borrowed, Lord. And the one that is still proud and haughty, doesn't realize that they are like an ant that can die at any moment. Lord, we remember many that have asked for rain. May you remember them, Lord. Lord, please remember them. You have spoken to us, Lord. He who has an ear has heard. 
Lord, it is up to them to take their cross and follow you, even though it might be difficult. It might be steep, it might be slippery, but that each one will cling to you, Lord. Lord, may you be with us. May you rule through your spirit and may your will be done in our lives. Amen. Amen.